The City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everybody, it's Casey Fields, your manager for municipal advocacy at the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Welcome to City Quick Connect podcast, legislative edition. Scott, welcome on this beautiful spring day. It is nice. It is a very lovely temperate spring day good job on the count up there you weren't terribly confident i really wasn't i've never done that before (laughs) you were trying to get your fingers in the right order one two three yeah go four i've never done that i've never counted myself in right (laughs) right i've always had russell to count me in but today we have meredith we have yeah we have have substitute Madam Producer That's today, right. Meredith Houck, I had to kind of our communications manager. I had to figure it out myself. Um, we I'm need one of those. Surprised. We need one of those snapping things. Oh yeah, you know, oh, like they like have that. in the movies, like scene. Right. This is like take two. Although we only do we one only take, do man. one take exactly. I'm not gonna do two or three takes on this thing. That's right. Come on now, um, Scott. We have a lot to talk about. A lot happened this week. Yes. Um, from. The the speaker in the house to the several bills passed out of the Senate that are pretty big topics. We've got a lot to cover. And and they they've Casey been largely the same bills we've been talking about certainly for the last several weeks. But they they continue their incremental progress through the legislative process. You think so. people are bored? Well, no, I don't think so. If okay. they were, they wouldn't tune in. But That's you know true. we're gaining a new listener every week. Absolutely. So, you know, we, you know Michelle listens. So we have Vicky to have listens. that. They, we have to we have to repeat some of this stuff and make Seth, sure everybody I think understands. Still listens. I mean, I, I think we've got you know I think we're we're probably on we double a, digits at we've this got point. A core group. Yeah. Readable. Reba listens. But they Miriam listens. But we need to make sure that everybody understands what these increments of progress mean to right. the bills as they move forward. Which so. is very typical of the legislative process. Yes. It is not a sprint. No, that's exactly right. It is a marathon that <laughs> takes little pieces along the way to make progress, right? Except, well, in some cases. Except after a crossover in the right. second year of a two-year session, like, <laughs> right. we're, just, like we're dealing now with Now we're putting the now. foot on the gas, and everybody, we're moving stuff through, and they don't even know what they're moving through. Yeah, it's through. demolition derby. Um, all right, let's start. Why don't we start in the House, because they really only dealt with one thing this week yep. um, on the floor. So they have been, um, after, I think, Representative Rita Allison, chairman of House Education and Public Works, she said that they spent 18 hours taking testimony. Yes, on the critical race theory on the bill. anti-CRT bill. Yes, right. But that's so, not what it's called. It's no, the it's the transparency, transparency and, edu- and efficiency bleh, and yeah, education act or something. And, yeah. Um, so they, after taking all of that testimony, they brought the bill to the floor. Um, actually, last week, this week, they've debated the bill. Um, and that concluded today with them giving the bill second reading. And it's a House bill. It is a House bill that did not make crossover. Correct. So um, there was not that much urgency, but it um, it happened nonetheless this week. And that took up floor time um, where other bills are are coming in. there. So that happened also on the floor this week. Actually, today, Thursday... Um, Speaker Lucas submitted his resignation as Speaker effective May 12th. Right. And they're going to conduct the election for his successor. 
A week from today. A week from today, yeah. April the 28th. So um, it is assumed that Representative Merle Smith, the current chairman of House Ways and Means mm-hmm. Committee, a Republican from Sumter, will be the speaker-elect until the end of the session on May the 12th. And uh, presumed speaker-elect Smith uh, resigned or removed himself from the Electricity Market Reform Study Committee. Right. Which was a uh, a bicameral committee of House and Senate members, and he has taken leave of that committee, which is a, a obviously another signal that he is going right. to be named, be elected as Speaker um, next week. When that happens, Scott, a lot of other dominoes are going to have to fall because yep. the Speaker cannot be on a committee. And since Chairman Smith is Chairman of House Ways and Means Committee, he will have to resign that post, triggering. Um, they will have to fill a vacancy on that with him leaving, and they will have to elect a chairman. As you remember, House committees elect their chairman. They are not um, kind of not appointed, but they are just not given as the Senate majority party seniority on the committee. So so let's say Merle is elected next Thursday. Okay. Uh, Jay Lucas is not actually technically resigning. His, his term as the speaker die. is not— right is not up until the end of the day on May the 12th, which mm-hmm. is Sonny Die. So right. does Merle have to resign from Ways and Means once he's elected or after he's sworn in as speaker, presumably sometime after May the 12th? I would, if How's I had to guess, and so I don't I don't know this for a fact, so don't hold me to it. I cannot believe that but I, think, I have stumped you on I a think, rules well, if you read scenario. The, if you read the newspaper article, Gary Simmerl, our majority leader, Current majority he had a leader. great point. Speaker Lucas wanted to ensure a smooth yes. transition of power. Right. Because the last two speakers, it was not smooth. Right. Um, and it was a very sudden and um, kind of an immediate process in filling mm-hmm. those positions. Right. So he wants to ensure that staff sure. and the House members have a smooth transition. So if I had to guess, as Speaker-elect, he has not been sworn in right. as Speaker. So he would not have to resign um, his post in Ways and Means until he is, in fact, sworn in to that office. Essentially, he can't have a, uh, a dual office That's in right. the House. That's right. I would imagine he would want to get the budget done right first. Exactly. And um, of course there's which I, big knows? question mark about yeah, that's right. when or if there, that's going to get listen, done. There are rumors the the swirling around that yes, they'll get it done, no problem. There are rumors saying we're going to have another continuing resolution and we don't have another budget until into July or August. Um and then there are rumors saying that no problem, it'll be done before they adjourn in May. So who knows? Yeah, I don't Lots of rumors, man. Lots of conflicting rumors, for sure. One more. I want you to talk about one more thing that happened um, in the House. The House Ways and Means um, Economic Development Subcommittee met this week, and they discussed a Senate bill that already made crossover, 1120, the um, low-income housing tax credit. Yeah, this is the—1120 is the Senate's version of the low-income housing tax credit cap— Bill, right. right. Uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, the the Senate, in particular, uh, President, I mean, uh, Chairman of Finance uh, Harvey Peeler, who's from Gaffney, uh, was it wants to cap the tax credits that are available for the low income housing tax credit program because of the 
long-term financial stress that that program could put on the state budget. Right. When that bill was passed out of the Senate, uh, there was a $15 million cap uh, placed on the program. The House Economic Development and Sub Subcommittee of the Ways and Means Committee this morning amended that bill to put a $25 million cap Okay. On the program, which right. is great. I mean, we right. the higher the better as far That's as right. as far as we're concerned and as far as development goes across the state. The problem is, though, yesterday on the Senate floor, when the Senate passed the House version of the same bill, uh, Nikki Setzler, who's the senator from Lexington and was the subcommittee chairman in the Senate, told the Senate that they had an agreement with the House that the cap would be set at $20 million, okay. which is $5 million more than the right. original cap that they put on and sent over to the House. Which that almost guarantees conference committee. It, yes. there's okay. Assuredly, there's going to be a conference committee on one, or, one of those bills, right. whichever one makes it to the finish line first. Presumably, the, the House version will make it since the Senate Passed it expelled and sent it, back. it. Yeah, right. sent it back. So amended and sent it back to the house. Yeah. For I, so I'm amendments not, or concurrence. I'm somebody ain't talking to somebody right. there, and somebody or, ain't listening. Somebody ain't talking. Right. Yeah. So I mean, bottom line is, it sounds like the number is going to be bigger than fifteen million dollars, which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. It, right. It's just going to be a matter of which uh, which version, the House or the Senate version, they're going to accept ultimately. Um, Scott, let's walk over to the Senate. Okay. And let's talk about what happened over there. Okay. So they go, we go, have, we have a Senate judiciary. Let's just go back and go chronologically. Yes. Shall we? I like chronology. Okay. I know you Punctuality, chronology. <laughs> so on Tuesday afternoon. I do afternoon, like punctuality. I don't like I know, being. I do too. I, I passed that along to my son, like. Joshua. When he was a little kid, um, he was called Mr. First. His teachers called him Mr. First because he, he was wasn't going to be late. There. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. No, my, not be late. no, we're not going to be late. If he we gets, have to be somewhere, we're going to be there. He gets real spun up and anxious if he's going to be late for an appointment. I think or, that's a great something. life lesson that you taught I agree. him. I agree. I love it. Um, all right. So Tuesday they went into session for a very short time and then they immediately went into the full Senate Judiciary Committee meeting on Tuesday afternoon about 1.30. With an agenda as long as my arm. Right, like a CVS receipt. <laughs> That's right. That's what it looks like. Yes, yes. Um, and they dealt, so they, they had all these bills on the agenda. They had two election bills on the agenda, right. 34-44 and 49-19. They talked, first of all, they did appointments. They had yes. to do appointments to the Workers', Workers Compensation Comp Commission. Commission. Yeah. Then they talked about the election bills for a solid three and a half hours. Yes. But they didn't take any action on it because 4919 was already <laughs> on the Senate calendar in a special order slot. Yes. Okay. Very frustrating. I just feel like I needed to say that out loud because I just wanted to verify that. They, you know? Yeah, That's they, what happened. they spent three hours talking about a bill in committee that they knew they weren't going to vote on and that they were not going to make any amendments to right. in committee. Because it was all, it had been recalled the week, the day before. It, or no, not the day before. The week before. The week before. Yeah, right. All right. So, um, so the elect, let's talk while we're talking about the election bills. Let's just wrap that subject up. Yep. They did today, Thursday, give third reading mm -hmm. 
to 4919. They had to take up some amendments on third reading um, because, and nobody objected to it because there were some technical issues that they had yeah. to fix from the amendments on second reading. Um, Scott, tell me what, what does this, how does this bill affect cities and towns well, and municipal election commissions? Yeah, as we said last week, the bill had been amended um, to uh, require that the certification period between the election and the certification date for municipal elections right. will be changed from two days to 10 days to conform with the same amount of time for other elections. And then today, uh, Senator Richard Cash from Anderson successfully amended the bill to require or to limit the hours that uh, early voting locations have to be open for municipal elections. Okay. So as a part of 4919, a big part of it is uh, allowing absentee voting for a two-week period prior to... The early uh, voting the, was the, the big early, deal. Yeah, early voting. Right. Two weeks prior to the election. And this is for statewide elections, a constitutional officer elections, that kind of thing. Not necessarily for local elections. There's You don't have to be open for early voting as long for the um, local elections as you do for the statewide. But the statewide elections are going to have two weeks of early voting. And the polling places have to be open from 8.30 to 6, and I think Monday through Saturday, right. I'm almost sure. But Senator Cash, and I think astutely, pointed out that for municipal elections, where you might have only a handful of people right. interested in, in Right, like 300 voting, people voting in Eastover, I think, is what Senator Jackson right. said. If, if you had three days, so let's say, I, I think the statute says you have to have three days of early voting in front of a, a municipal election. Instead of being open from 8.30 to 6 for two weeks prior, uh, you would only have to be open from 8.30 to 5. Uh, and, and it relieved municipal elections and other local elections from that more, um, that more liberal uh, early voting period and right. operating hours. So that was passed today. But what we need to do is talk about the, I mean, this was a bipartisan bill that passed yeah. yesterday unanimously, unanimously. on they got second, second reading. Yeah, unanimously. And got a unanimous vote on third reading. But boy, from some of the rhetoric and some of the dust ups on the floor yesterday, I, I'm you wouldn't have expected that it would have been unanimous. Well, and I'll tell you what, I without naming any names, there's been a lot of um there's been a lot of banter, to use one of our favorite words. Yeah. On social media too. Um, a lot of people have been getting they've been throwing around some criticisms yeah. um on each other. So it, it is some a, people are saying that it's it's the golden goose. It is the absolute end all be all greatest bill that the General Assembly has ever passed, and some people are saying that the Senate just killed it. Yeah, we've got some uh, intra party squabbling going a little bit, on there. A, a dust up, if you will, an intra party dust up. Yeah, and we'll have to see kind of how that shakes we'll, out, and we'll have to see if. Governor McMaster, well, first of all, the bill's going to have to go back over to the House. That's right, where the they House can will, either, they'll amend it back to their version yep. and send it back to the Senate. Senate won't concur. No, that's right. And then we'll go to conference. And listen, I, we were, Scott, this has been several years ago. We were part of a conference committee with a <laughs> bill where the House members just refused to meet. I talked. I was talking to Erica about that earlier today. I can't remember what that bill was. I can't Do you remember? remember either. No, it was I a wish tax, I did. It seems like it was like a tax credit extension or something. 
and uh, the Something. house the, the house members who were on the conference committee were willing to meet their right. leadership refused to allow right. them to meet i mean wouldn't even meet so it's got to get through those obstacles before it even gets to the governor's desk and there's no guarantee that henry will sign the bill and this doesn't this uh, this bill none of these reforms will affect the june primary no but they were hoping for the november well Right. I know. I know. In sub in subcommittee last week, there was they asked the election officials who were present, "Could you put these things into place in time for the primary?" Right. They said yes, but I, I don't as to whether or not that will actually happen. Right. I don't um, know. Is a is a question mark at this point. Um. But, and with only nine more legislative days, that's three weeks. Yeah. That's not a lot of time in legislative time. No, particularly since the Senate's going to be on the budget, we know next Tuesday right. and at least Wednesday and Start potentially Tuesday Thursday. Tuesday at noon, yeah. they're going in, and then they said that they may have to adjust their time on Wednesday to yeah. come in earlier. So, yeah, their time time's a ticking. So, um, also we'll in see. that Senate Judiciary <laughs> Committee, there was the Law Enforcement Betterment bill. Betterment Bill, yeah, House Bill thirty fifty. Senator Sandy Sin from. Uh, Charleston says, I don't want to call this law enforcement reform. I'm going to call it law enforcement betterment. Right. So I'm okay with that, I guess. That's fine. Sure. So that they, the uh, Judiciary Committee uh, made a very small amendment to that bill at her request, Senator Sin's request, and they pushed that out onto the Senate floor, and it's on the Senate calendar right now. However, Senator Brad Hutto from Orangeburg has placed an objection on that bill, so it will not be eligible for debate until and unless he takes his name off that bill. That's correct. And he he told somebody that it was a long story, so who knows what that objection is about. But I know that um, Erica, who has been working with stakeholders on this bill for a year, um, they'll get to the bottom of it and see if we can yeah. solve it and keep keep thirty fifty moving. Yeah, she and our law enforcement part- partners are efforting. Yes. Um, um, efforting getting rid of that obstacle. All right. So the last bill that we need to talk about that was on that subcommittee, I mean the full committee agenda was thirty nine thirty nine. Um, that is the mental mental workers compensation claim bill. Yeah, and we talked about that last week. We did. Can you just give everybody a quick update on that amendment? I think you talked about the amendment. We last talked week, about didn't the you? amendment a little bit last week. We met with all of the uh, stakeholders and agreed to a, uh, a strike all and insert amendment, which replaces the bill as it's uh, currently crafted with new language that everyone agreed to. And we reviewed that over the weekend. That amendment was taken up in the full judiciary committee mm-hmm. uh, on Tuesday. Tuesday and amended to the bill. So the bill is now uh, that new amended version. It is on the calendar, but it had a 24 hour point made on it today. That's right. So it will not be eligible for debate until Tuesday of next week, and we'll see what happens. There's talk that it may have a name put on it, an objection placed on it right. as well. But, right. I mean, that's I mean that that's a possibility with every bill that comes to the Senate. So um, One more thing I want to talk about that the Senate did, and they did this on the floor of the Senate, not in committee, but they did amend and get, send back to the House um, House Bill 4408, the ARP, the state ARP allocation bill. Yeah, so the Senate amended the House's version uh, or you know, uh, essentially adopted uh, 
its version of the ARP spending plan and used 44, the House bill, as the vehicle to do that. Right. So that's going back over to the House. We'll see if the House concurs or not. Or tries to change it back to their version and, and if they do, send that one to conference. It could end up in conference committee as well. And we're going to have... We're going to a bunch of conference committees yep. uh, to follow in the coming weeks. I think so, so too. We'll and to I see. tell you, with with um, let's see how to put this. It with the dust ups that we've had, um, not not intra inter chamber. Yeah. Um, among leadership in the House and Senate, um, conference committees will be tough. If we can't put some of those things behind us and move forward. Yeah. And of course, you and know, I say we like I'm in the middle of it. And, and the, you know, how committed as, as some of the house leadership that's got a foot out the door to not throwing a grenade in the room and just closing the door as they walk out, which is know? one of your favorite things to we'll, do. We'll see. Well, yeah. But I'm, I'm doing You love that. to pull a pin, toss it in and I, just be like, later, I, I'm I, out. You know, that that's, that's useful sometimes, but, uh, other times that's right. like right now, right. When we've had plenty of time to fight these things out, it, it's no time at the end of this session when there's a lot of important things that need to get done That's right. to be throwing, throwing grenades in the room and, hoping for a, a better outcome. That ain't, yep. ain't going to happen. I agree. I, I hope I, with the, over the next nine days, many of which will be taken up by budget matters because that has to be done by, unless they're going to adopt a continuing resolution, that has to be done by the end of June. Why do you think we're having all these these dust-ups all um, of a sudden? I will quote, I think it was uh, Chairman Merle Smith when he said, mo money, mo problems. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, quoted but, notorious big biggie yeah but that, um, that was with regard to the budget and the arp money that that doesn't have anything to do with election reform quote I don't, reform I don't, I don't know i don't know why you know it you, you have a little bit of everything scott you've got you know republicans with their agenda democrats with their agenda and then you've got certain areas of the state, you know, you've got geographical agendas, you've got leadership agendas, then you've got, you, there's there's going to be some outside influences. You're going to have national party politics playing into all this and 2022 midterms and 2024 elections and your and, and house elections coming up now and what people, you know, well, that's, future office, higher office aspirations. I mean, it's Honestly, I'm out of breath trying that, to list everything. I think that is, Casey, and this is just my opinion. This is not the opinion of the Municipal Association necessarily. Right. but I feel cert- like we should have a pre-recorded disclaimer. Yeah, this is, this is the, dis- the, the right. disclaimer. But we're, you know, we're, we're offering some analysis and insight here. That's right. Um, As if we were calling like a NASCAR game. These pr- a game, these pr- a NASCAR game. A race. It's a race. A ga- it's a game. No, it's not a You're game. You're running cars around a circle. It's, uh, it's. Primary politics. Everybody's trying to shore up their bona fides in front of their right. in front of their primary on, right. on both sides. Um, Absolutely. And then you have to go so far left and so far right yep. to be able to get out of a primary that you kind of lose sight of the middle. Almost. And then we're and then we're obviously concerned about the, our general come November. That's right. So um, maybe and of course as we've talked about before, there's so many new House members that are going to show up come next January that. Maybe the the sheer volume of the changes have maybe added to the angst a little bit. I don't know. I, I tell well the leadership. You know the yeah, Senate the will stay. The, the Senate sure. will stay the same, but the the House and the House leadership, chairmanships, uh, majority minority leaders. I, uh, that's going to be a huge change for everybody. Yeah. Within the chamber and outside of the chamber. Yeah. It's, it, it's going to be it's going to be different for a lot of us. It's so. heightened the tensions a that's little right, bit. That's right. That's right. Which I've 
I mean, that just makes it even more fun. I, it is it is fun to watch. Sure. Unless your stuff gets twisted up in it. Right, which we never want. No. And we, we always try for things not to get twisted up. That's right. We don't we don't want the dust ups. When no. we can help it. When we can help it. Right. Right. What else do we need to talk about, Scott? I feel like we've just gone through all those things so fast. Is there anything we need to discuss at length anymore? Well, do you wanna do you wanna talk about the announcement of the House Freedom Caucus that has formed that was announced yesterday. Interesting, uh, interesting gauntlet thrown down there Very by much that group so. of uh, conservative House members. Very so. much so. It was, and it was a big um, press conference on in the lobby. Yeah, that's, um, that's a lot some... of fire and brimstone, a lot of yelling and hollering. So we'll we'll see what happens out of that. You know, there are a lot of new caucuses that have formed in the House over the last couple years. Yeah. You know, the Family Caucus. Now we have the Freedom Caucus. Yep. Um, I miss the days we'll of the of the Gamecock Caucus or the Eaton Caucus. Right, or... exactly. The Fat and Ugly Caucus, the <laughs> Sportsman's Caucus. I, miss I mean, those. they're yeah. I mean, those are just simple. Hey, let's go eat chicken fingers. Yeah, you know. We now we're that. we're getting into some pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. So we're gonna have to watch that pretty carefully. It'll be interesting to see what sort of influence that they will a- attempt to exert over right. the agenda particularly given the fact that we we're going to have new leadership in the house. So. Well, and it's it's starting to expose you know the the rifts in both parties. Yeah. Is you're starting to kind of have parties within a party. Um and that is something that <clears throat> with our two-party system it's been it's this is very different. Yeah. Yeah. It's very different. Well, and you know too Casey when you look at the the age of those members of the freedom caucus mm-hmm. and i'm not picking on them necessarily but it's a it's a they're a lot younger crowd than that's right the the leadership that's walking out the door they probably would not it looks be, like it is it is certainly a generational change they certainly the would not be eligible for that third booster no, or no, second booster no. that you're eligible for the second booster right next month right don't age me too quickly all right but yeah it is it's it we're getting younger um and it's just, it's just some real different ideas. You know, I remember, and now I feel like I'm you. I'm like, I remember back when. Mm. I remember back when um, then House member Nikki Haley burst onto the scene with the newly formed Tea Party. With the tea Party, yeah. And I remember thinking, God, what is going on? You yep. know, like, what is this? Yep. And now it, it has split into so many different factions where the Tea Party now seems almost liberal it was quaint compared yeah. yeah it was cute yeah. compared to what we're seeing now and and the differences between the two parties i, I tell you I'll, I'll be very honest a long time ago i was not in the middle of the road i was definitely off to one careful. side careful and now both my husband and i are are Good, solid middle of the rotors. You're you're uh, you're walking down the middle of the street. Well, that's what I feel like. Um, no matter who's in charge, no matter who's setting the agenda, mm-hmm. we have to work with them. That's exactly right. As as advocates for cities and towns across the state, and so that's why being middle of the road and listening to both sides and understanding both sides right. and bringing solutions right. to the table. Is why it's so important for us to and do that. And emphasizing that, just what we've always emphasizing done. that picking up the garbage, p- providing police and fire protection, hey, flushing the toilet, flushing the toilet, 
getting clean water, those right. are not partisan issues. No. So no. Um, we can all, I think everybody can agree that those are all good things that uh, residents ask for and need. And uh, there's not an R or a D way to do that. No, so, no. Um, we don't label garbage trucks. No, we do not. Yeah. No, we do not. Well, Which, unless unless we can get some revenue off the side of them for some advertising, of course. Oh, well, and for the podcast, too. Right. If somebody would be willing to give us a little money, I, well, mean, I would you sing know, and dance we if had, you want me We to. had somebody reach out, and uh, oh, we just great. haven't followed up about it. But I thought we, I think we were working on some some policies and procedures, some policies with I think that would be great. And the first people I'm going after are like Krispy Kreme, podca- bakeries. No, 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 no. Yes. No, we got to. We would eat the brownie while we're recording no. the podcast and be like, this is so good. Please no, go we visit. Need to, we need to find the. Uh, we need to get the the sponsor the the manufacturers of the UV disinfection system at the wastewater treatment plant to sponsor us. Look, I'm, I'm talking get, small uh, potatoes right here. I want somebody Pierce, to bring me some French fries. And or you something. get Pierce fire trucks to uh, to sponsor us or somebody like that. God, how know. much are you thinking about sponsorships, oh, I man? I don't know. This is going to be amazing. You know, at least thirty forty dollars a week. Right. <laughs> Hey man, thirty bucks. Thirty bucks. It's like a painter I had. He said, no. "Oh, you know, it's about a hundred dollars." Okay, a hundred dollars. Great, I'll I'll take it. All right, bucks. we've 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 engaged. Ex- we've exhausted. Banter. We've yes. exhausted our. Um, We're done with the banter. All right, everybody, please have a good week. Take care of yourselves. I'm going to quote Lester Holt from NBC News and take care of each other. <laughs> That's his line on all of it. I don't. Watch um, the news. Thank you for your time. Is another another one from another anchor. Anyway, wash your hands. You stay classy, South Carolina. Yeah, exactly. Good thing you're not reading the teleprompter. Everybody take care of yourself, and we'll see you back here next week. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the Association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.